Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. Lori Mandel has been an educational developer in higher education for 15 years, providing consultation on teaching, course design, and assessment to individual instructors and academic units. She has also facilitated workshops, short courses, and learning communities on various teaching topics. She is especially focused on supporting international students and instructors, as well as internationalization of the curriculum. She currently works on the distance education team at the Office of Distance Education and eLearning at The Ohio State University. Lori took her first coach training course to enhance her consultation practice at her day job and loved it so much that she decided to continue coach training and pursue coaching credentials through the International Coaching Federation. She is slowly growing her coaching business and working toward the Associate Certified Coach Credential from the International Coach Federation. Lori was in both Julie and my cohort and we got started together. So we're so excited to welcome her to the pod. Well, welcome to coaching through it, Lori. We're so excited to have you join us on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. It's my first podcast. Why did you say yes to us? Yeah. <laughs> well, no other podcasters are asking me, you know, it's not like they're beating down my door. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> and, uh, um, and also because I enjoyed your first season so much that I thought it would be fun. And plus we're in the same coaching cohort. So you know, I know you and I'm comfortable with you. And I just thought it would be fun. And I, I really did enjoy the first season. Yes, listeners, we love email love. And that's what Lori sent us. So we do appreciate uh, hearing from you that write to us. And uh, Lori, what did you like about our first season? Just to remind our listeners what we talked about. Um, you talked about what it was like to go through, I believe, um, basically coaching 101. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were recording it as we were doing our... Uh, our first course together. In the first episode, <laughs> um, I remember in the first episode, oh, there, that's my dog. He will make a guest appearance and bark. So yeah, his name is Ranger in case, you know, in case you'd like to, like to have his bark in there. I remember the very first episode of season one. Um, I don't remember what the context was, but Julie was telling a story about one of her professors told her something kind of not kind and not well-timed and not helpful. And uh, you expressed your dissatisfaction at that, Laura, in very colorful language. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to like this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's on brand. That's us. Okay. Uh (laughs) All the above. Storytelling (laughs) and colorful language. Well, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Can you tell our listeners a little bit about... uh, who you coach and what you do as a coach? Well, um, I'm at the very, very beginning of my journey as a coach. Um, I've only coached for about 14 or 15 hours with four different people. So I'll start from the beginning. Um, I'm at the very beginning of my coaching journey. It's not my full-time job. It's my side gig. Um, I have a full-time job. I've coached only about 14 or 15 hours with four different people. And so I don't have a lot of hours under my belt yet. And I don't think I could say that I have a particular type of client. I'm really open to coaching anyone, partly because 
I would like the experience of trying to coach different kinds of people, but that does make it challenging to kind of put a website together and say, why might you want to coach with me, right? So, but I have been working, working on that. And I'm hoping that when I get to about 100 hours, I might have a good idea of, of who would be a good fit for me client-wise. I was reflecting on that myself today around number of hours. I think early on in training, I was like, what's with a hundred hours? Like, why did we pick a hundred hours? You know? And I think it actually, I hear you, right? I was thinking about, oh, you're going to learn a lot. I was calculating hours today. That's why this was came up. And I was sort of shocked at how few I actually do have, because much like that, you know, like Titanic meme, it's been like 84 years since I've started this journey and the amount you learn, right. And I hear that coming out of you, Lord, like the amount you learn through this is amazing. And so I was like, Oh, I, I think that hundred hour mark might be really powerful in what you've you know, revealed for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think even the 50 hour mark will be interesting. And, you know, 10 of my hours have been with a number, another member of our coaching cohort. So we trade coaching every week or every other week. And that has been great, you know, to coach a fellow participant. And then the other, the other uh, small number of hours have been with three different people, all of them very different, two of them in higher ed, one of them in college. So, you know, it's been a very different experience with all three. Yeah. A fun fact that Laurie brings up, and we may have talked about it, but you do have to have paid hours. And she's talking about barter hours. So pay could be a cup of coffee. It could be a swapping of services. And for Mm -hmm. coaches, it could be swapping coaching hours. Julie and I don't count the podcast. So if you think we count these hours as hours, we don't. I wish we did plus editing, but they don't count. But they have to be truly a coach setting, like that hour we've talked about. And that's. it sounds like it's been very fruitful for you to do peer-to-peer coaching. Yeah, it has because with your coach with a coaching partner from your cohort you can you can debrief certain things afterward like um, and then just having those recordings to go back and listen to. So I started re-listening to some of the early coaching sessions where I was coaching her. And like in coaching session one or two, I'm like, yeah, no, those are not powerful questions. No, come on. <laughs> you need to do better than that. And so so it's been interesting to go back and listen. There really is a learning curve is not the right word. I think you just have to jump in and start doing it and to to just start practicing because it's like the first time you do anything. You just got to do it. <laughs> How much do you love listening back to your recordings, either of you? I listen to a lot of recordings of myself and I'm used to it, but what's it like listening back to recordings for either of you? You know, it it doesn't bother me that much, but in graduate school, I I was a voice talent a lot for people's linguistics experiments. So I'm used to listening to myself and it doesn't bother me. And after a year plus in Zoom, having to do recordings of things, I just, I don't worry about it anymore. So I can get past the, oh, my voice sounds so dumb. You know, I can get past all that or, oh, do I really sound like that in real life? And I just don't think about that anymore. And I'm really listening to the content of what I'm saying and how I sound in terms of what I'm communicating in the conversation. Like if I'm making nonverbal sounds or, you know, like hmms and okays or the kinds of questions that I'm asking. So that's where my focus is, luckily. Otherwise, I'd have to listen to everything twice. (laughs) Once to get through the, ew, I sound like that. And the second time to actually listen. Boy, that's, that's impressive. What's impressive? <laughs> just just the fact that you're able to, uh, I think, use the recordings that steadily. That's been something that's been challenging for me. And 
I'm with you. I, I care less about my voice. Like I've, I've heard it mm-hmm. enough. It's not necessarily that, but I find myself when I do listen to recordings, getting hung up on, Oh, I like the path that could have been, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. So if that question would have changed or if I had picked up on that word in that moment, like what could have happened if we had gone down this other path? Well, I should probably say I've only listened to like four of my recordings so far. So, that you know, there's still room for me to go, oh, dang it, <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm sure there will be some of that. And I bring it up because I think the listeners should know, like we do record sessions for our clients to listen to, but also as practitioners and wherever you are in your coaching career, I think just really good coaches will listen back to check themselves because they want to know, am I going deep enough? Am I giving enough space? How's my tone? How's my pace? How's my intonation? So like we listen back to these things with our coach trainer and our ment- any mentor that you'd be working with who's observing you. Um, but we also do it just for our clients. So I've gone back to a couple of sessions to just track how did that really go? And like the client will give you a reaction, but for our own practice and, and kind of learning, it's another piece that helps us continue the practice, continue the learning, at least for me. Yeah. Most of my criticisms of myself so far have to do with question formation, you know, like especially those first few sessions, like, oh, not a good question. <laughs> give an so. example for our listeners. What's not a good question? So they have an idea. Oh, yeah. So, um, I found myself in the first few coaching sessions asking yes, no, or either or questions. And sometimes you want that either or question because you're trying to clarify something. Now, after only, well, and then I had an observation actually. So after a few sessions, I did have an observation and it was pointed out to me. It's like, you know, you're really, you are not asking a so-called powerful question. If it's a yes, no question, or if it's a uh, one of those either or force force choice questions. You really want to ask a question that is open ended, and so the strategy I was given as a beginner was to to begin your questions with the word what. And so at my next session, I was very very diligent about beginning those questions with what, and uh, I think that one was a lot a lot better. And that's the thing that I carry with me now every time I coach. And if I can't come up with a what question, I go to how. That's my that's my second go-to. I think yeah. that's solid. As we talk about questions, do you have a go-to or favorite question? Yeah. The question or tool that I tend to use frequently, I tend to ask clients to think about their future selves. And I don't know why I gravitate to that. Um, but I think, you know, I ask them to imagine themselves a year in the future, five years in the future. It really, it depends. And I ask them, okay, so let's pay a visit to your future self and ask your future, you know, what would your future self like to look back and see happen? What do you hope, what would you like your future self to tell you right now? You know, five years from now, when you're looking back on this, what do you hope you will have done? What brings you to that question then? What makes you bring, what brings you to that question, do you think? You know, I've been wondering about that. Because, you know, as I told you, when, you know, you sent the initial invite, I thought, no, of course, I don't have a favorite question. How can I have a favorite question after 14 hours of coaching? And uh, lo and behold, I'm like, oh, yeah, but, you know, you always ask that future self one. I, uh, in my day job, I am an educational developer, and I teach instructors in higher education how to design courses. And you, we use a backwards design method that's very popular in higher ed, and you always start with the end. 
And the end is what dictates all of your decisions in designing courses. And so I think it's kind of related to that, right? So like, what is, where do you want to end up? It's, so, it's a version of where do you want to end up? But it's a different way to ask the question, right? Instead of saying, well, where do you want to be five years from now? You're asking, imagine yourself five years from now and look back on this time and give yourself some advice. I, I, I sometimes think it's that just yeah. because it's kind of a work habit. A good old Wiggins and McTeague. Yeah. So I, w- I wonder if it's that, but I don't know. For me, I personally just want to get out of this year. I don't know about you all, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, get me forward. <laughs> that's that's not a bad question to propel us out of this depths of wherever we are. I don't know. Yourself, Julie? Yeah. No, I I, I resonate with that, Lori, because I find myself um, also, I think, navigating to things that feel familiar, right? Questions, I think perhaps it feels safe enough for me to ask a client because it doesn't feel threatening to me as a person or as a coach, right? So if I received that question, I would feel comfortable with it because I'm comfortable with that topic. I don't know if that is actually accurate at all, but I I do wonder if that's why I gravitate towards certain types of questions. For me, I sit in a space of values a lot because it's where it's where I like to navigate from in my life or it's where I like to check in and reflect. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think we always bring our lens right to what it is that mm-hmm. we're doing. What you're saying mm-hmm. makes sense, but I don't, I don't know what my fascination is with the future self. <laughs> Not completely. <laughs> and then how do you know when you have to shift to another tense? Cause we have these activities, Julie and I talked about our, the little popcorn activity where we did Mm-hmm. future, past, present. Um, so how do you know when you have to jump into the now and be versus um, past? Mm-hmm. Like what have you, what, what do you know from the past to be true now? I don't know. I don't know that I can answer that, to be honest. It, it really depends on what the client is being coached on. That's the right answer. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's not the problem. It's the client. Good. Yeah, so I have my favorite question. My favorite answer is always it depends. So, Lori, what are you? Uh, what is the vision for your coaching business right now? Where are you at in that process? Um, I do have a headshot. <laughs> I have a photo. My very nice husband is a hobby photographer, so he took some pictures of me. And I am starting to put together a digital site where I can describe what coaching is and how to reach me. It has, it's very much a side hustle though, so I won't be giving up a day job anytime soon. And I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how to market, you know, and how, how much I want to market and where, where I want to be advertising and what that even looks like. Um, I was also thinking, I was also wondering whether I wanted to maybe produce a monthly newsletter or a monthly blog post or a bi-monthly blog post. And I've been trying to trying to think about what I could write about. And that has been that has been an interesting process um, because my my first answer to myself was nothing. <laughs> So, um, but then the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, maybe I should just start and see what happens and not publish it right away and just kind of see what I generate. And that, you know, because there are certain things that I think about all the time. So, or think about regularly that might be interesting to pursue, you know, in this, in this slow hustle business building mastermind, we do talk about, 
you know, digital space and website and content generation and um, who your audience is and how to reach your audience. And it's all really interesting and all really valuable, but it's a little bit more than I can handle right now because work, all of you out there working in higher education during the pandemic know that um, many of us have been very overworked. And so there's just not a lot of time and energy left over uh, for my side hustle, but um, it is something that is always percolating on the back burner. So I didn't ever envision myself starting a blog or a newsletter, but now I'm wondering maybe that's the way to go. Or if I just have a static website and say, here, I can coach you. Here's some testimonials. Call me and just leave it at that. I'm not sure. So, so I guess the real answer to your question, Julie, is, you know, I'm kind of thinking about a lot of things and not doing anything yet. <laughs> what keeps you in the coaching space? I know you and I have shared, I think, some similar sentiments around how does this fit into my, my journey? And curious, what's keeping you in this space now? Well, something that I wish I had more time to do. So earlier, Julie, you mentioned about reflecting and reflecting around values, and that's how you like to reflect. And I don't have a regular reflection practice, but I think I need one. And one of the reasons I like coaching so much is I enjoy getting better at it. So um, I think it's something that I could potentially still do even after I stop working at a day job someday. But I also think just in the lim- in my limited experience, coaching is like this gift that you give to yourself, right? To just allow yourself the time to process something that's important to you with assistance, right? The coach is the person who kind of helps you process and helps you see things from various perspectives and helps you helps you take time to examine whatever it is you're wrestling with and to value that time, right? So I think, you know, when you hire a coach, you're basically telling yourself, all right, I need to do something. I need to think about something. I need to work through something and I'll be better at it and more thorough at it. And maybe I'll learn something if I hire a coach to help me do it. And I don't think in our world that is very busy and so focused on productivity, we don't let ourselves just think enough. And I think it's, I think we need, I think the whole world should do it more, especially, you know, in our type A American society where we're always like, you know, about output and how much we can do in an hour and all that. I I think it's, it's really beneficial to just set aside time and um, think and reflect. That's what keeps me doing it. I think you are building your business because all of you said is true reflecting on the things you want to do just because you haven't quote unquote launched. I, I think that's part of that goes into the intentionality of, I think just thinking about it and putting ideas together. And even though you don't have any quote unquote product or website, who cares? It does take some um, headspace and you are investing in that time and you are trying to think intentionally about where and what you want to be. So I think you're doing the work just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not happening. Like we've just made you talk out loud. So there you go, Lori, you're doing the work. This is your validation. Oh, that's going to be my new little email signature line. <laughs> just because it's not visible doesn't mean you're not working <laughs> or whatever it is. I'll, I'll re-listen to that and, and write it down. Please do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole way that that, um, 
that course. It's a year-long mastermind group. And the whole way it's structured is to really accommodate people who are going at different paces. And, um, you know, I'm one of the slower, you know, I'm going at a much slower pace. And there are other people who are just like cranking out the stuff. And it's sometimes hard to be in the same space with them because I think, oh my gosh, but, you know, they're just at a different place than I am. And it's, it really is designed to let you work at your own rate of speed. So uh, I just have to remember that I'm walking my own path and not everyone else's. I had an interesting revelation recently too, as we talk about doing the work, even if you're not necessarily developing that business or launching that plan, because I am also, there's no website, you know, like we're at the very beginning of these things. And I realized how much joy coaching is bringing to my life. So I had a client cancel today. We'll reschedule, right? Just need to reschedule. Fine, obviously. And I was like, dang, that was, that was the highlight of my day that just went away. <laughs> hmm. Right. Uh-huh. I know. And so, and, and as you both know, and as I've talked about here, I've really struggled with like, where is my path in this? And do I feel confident pursuing this? And what's going on in this space. And so it was a really good, you know, mental awareness of, Hey, progress is being made right now. Right. Progress is being made in this experience. Yeah. That's cool. So I also think this, Lori, in the work that we do, we're all in learning in some shape or form. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where we're doing. We always think learning has to be tracked invisible and have a click or an outcome or a measurement. And, and what's not recorded in learning is actually where some of the learning happens. And so that's the same thing as coaching. That's the same thing as our coaching businesses that aren't there. Um, Mm -hmm. And we always want to know what people are really like, what struggles do you have when you're trying to start a practice? Because that's the real talk of this is, well, why hasn't it started or what, what's holding us back? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes ourselves, I don't know, time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Definitely time and definitely, I mean, January to June was very exhausting at my day job and I really was very overworked. So, you know, there's just not a lot left over. But, you know, if I can still manage to coach a couple hours a month, you know, with my partner, my coaching partner, um, and then in April or May, I don't know, May or June, whenever, I had um, a couple of clients and they were so much fun. They were people that I work sort of with, you know, they're people that I know, and it was really fun to coach them. Um, And they were both very different. And then I got a referral. One of them referred her college age daughter to me who is entering her senior year and uh, wanted coaching around time management. So that was really fun too. What are the barriers to start a coaching practice that coaches should know, I guess? Time and energy. Yeah. Time and energy. And, um, and then also it's like, I did kind of get stumped by how do I go find clients? You know, like, how do I find people to coach and how do I, how do I get, get something out there? So right now it's just word of mouth. I think another of our classmates advertised on social media. um, And I don't know exactly how she did it, but but it was it was something that she tried and it was it worked out. She got like three clients from that, um, all very different, all of them not in higher ed like like she is. So how do you want to advertise your business, Julie? Yeah, I have been thinking about this a little bit and 
the easy option, although not to take away from the work it would still take, but the easy option does feel like a social media type experience, right? Because those accounts are already created. It's, it's not something I have to build, you know? Um, so that feels like the easy option, but I also wonder with what I normally put on social media, I don't know that it is going to, not that it wouldn't feel authentic, but like, it's not on brand to what I, you know, what I would normally share. And I think then it raises all of those questions about what is the brand and what's the continuity and all of that stuff. However, I do think for starting out where I am right now, it, it does make the most sense because there isn't a website, there isn't anything. And so seeing how it goes. Something you're doing right now, Lori is helping you, your guest, being a guest on a podcast. Like mm-hmm. I was on one and then someone reached out to me because they heard me talk about coaching on there. And no kidding. Who I coach and what I want to coach. And I have a new mm-hmm. lead that found me on LinkedIn. Never mm-hmm. even found my website. So it doesn't matter if you have a website. Uh, just have a LinkedIn profile somewhere. I do have a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a, something that I've had a few coaches reach out to us. They'll be on this podcast later, asking to be on someone's podcast or guest on their blog or I don't know. What else? Mm-hmm. Let's brainstorm. What else could we do? I think clients are the best for me. I don't know. Current clients, referrals seem mm-hmm. to be like the best clients because they know me. And they would describe me well. And even I've even had exploration sessions who have never been my clients referred to other people. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Now, Laura, you um, you added a coaching section to the website that you already have, right? I did. I cheated. I have a website. I had one before. and I've been But you already one. had one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's an easy out. But I think just a static page that you mentioned is great. So people Mm -hmm. know a little bit about you and have testimonials. Uh, So Mm -hmm. you don't have to do all the things to launch. I think Mm -hmm. if I was starting from scratch, I would just do like a quick page about me and a sign up where they could book an exploration session because that's Mm -hmm. really what people want to know, who you are, what you do, and if they could read about any client experiences or I put in some FAQs, that's, that's essentially what they want to know so far. That's probably what it'll be to start. I can't imagine having time to generate content and the whole, you know, the whole social media thing and, you know, all the questions that Julie raised about thinking about brand. I mean, I don't, I'm not very active on social media. I have accounts, but I don't post a lot. So it would probably be easy for me to start posting regularly, but then it's like, how big do I want my to-do list to get? We'll see. We'll see how what this next fall brings. I'm, you know, when you say get us out of this year, I'm a little worried about what the next year is bringing, but hopefully it'll be a little bit better. Lori, where have you been learning about coaching outside of classes? I've read one book. So I read the Michael Bungay Steiner book um, on, I forget the title now, but it's, you know, the one about the coaching habit. No, mm-hmm. not the coach. No, the coaching habit is the other one. You know, his whole framework is also in habit creation, a la Charles Duhigg. So I read that one. Um, I picked up a book recently called Systemic Coaching, which I'm very excited to read. Um, it seems to be about coaching in the context of larger organizations, um, and it's fairly new. I was listening to another book on coaching, but then also just reading, um, you know, like I follow Isabeau Iqbal, so I read her um, newsletter. I also follow our coach trainer, obviously, and I read her um, posts on coaching podcasts like yours. Sweet. We love listeners who like the pod. 
I'm looking, I'm adding the systemic coaching. Is it the coaching habit for Michael? I think it might be. Yeah. Here. Yeah. He, that's when I read of his. So, okay. Just checking. On the other book, I think it's systemic coaching and delivering value beyond the individual. It's Eve Turner, yeah. and Peter, Eve Turner and Peter Hawkins. Yeah, that's the one. I just, it looked very interesting and I just kind of bought it on a whim, but I haven't, I haven't had time to read it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other question we wanted to know is like, I know that you keep saying you're still new, but you're not, you're actually learning and processing a lot more. And you've grown so much from, we started the coaching cohort together back in June, mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> a year already. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what advice would you give your past self as a coach now? <laughs> You're pulling my question on me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just, I think I would tell my past self that, yes, this is going to be fun and worth it. And you can go at the pace that is right for you. You can learn at the pace that's right for you. I think our future, our current selves can know that too. So that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We cannot end this time without recognizing Laura, you have hit your 100 hours. And if you cut this out of the podcast, I will quit and I won't (gasps) come back. You got a hundred hours. That's great. I Good did. for you. We're recording this early August, so this will come out later. But end of July, actually, I made a little, a little uh, thing for me to post to flag it a long time ago, and I'm like, oh, I forgot to share that I got my hundred hours at the end of July. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Are you gonna get accredited? I am. I've applied. I guess I could tell our listeners and you, you, I've joined ICF so I can mm-hmm. have a discount on a few things. And that's including the accreditation. So the accredited coach certification is the first level. Um, I've applied, put my hours, graduated. So I got a certificate from the program we're in because it's officially official. So you mm-hmm. need to submit your graduation certificate. It's being, that's being validated. So Linder, get on that. No, um, (laughs) that one's being validated by my coach trainer. And then they will let me write the coaching knowledge assessment. So I haven't been approved to get that yet. So that that should come in the next couple of weeks. So Mm -hmm. hopefully by the time this is out, I'm accredited question mark. Okay. Y'all, you know that I'm accredited. So I ended up getting this exam right away, study for one weekend um, and passing. So I am an accredited ACC Associate Certified Coach from the International Coaching Federation. So, woo, woo, woo. Oh, good. I'm glad you're doing that because when it comes time for me to do it, I can ask you all the questions, all the things. Yes. (laughs) And, but there's a caveat that. So you too, if you're going to be certified next year, and I'll put a link to this in our show Mm -hmm. notes, the credentials are changing. The exam's changing based on the new credentials we were trained in those ones anyways so oh yeah the new competencies the new competencies mm-hmm. so and the exam's going to look a little different um but i'll share any resources i find there's a couple of them that were posted in icf um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll link them in this episode if you want to take a look at them but mm-hmm. let you know how it goes okay thanks julie welcome yeah. friend congratulations yeah congratulations that's awesome good thanks. luck on the knowledge exam i'm very curious about that too well, Laurie, thank you for chatting with us and being candid about your experience and what you're learning from coaching. And I think you're on your way to creating your whatever in your practice to share with others. So you're just being really thoughtful about it. So good for you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been fun to be on the podcast. It's like, you know, this is a big day for me. I've never been on a podcast before. So thank you. And thanks so much for having me on. 
Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.